today, Sally's going to take us over the ditch and we're going to look at skiing opportunities, places you might be able to enjoy your passion if you like skiing in New Zealand. And we'll also look at a couple of Aussie gems, a couple of towns that just might take your fancy when you're moving around Australia. On your station too and your RFM, we're talking travel, Sally Lucas and I. And uh, Sally skiing, yeah, you love it, don't you? If you love it, you love it. And it's a huge passion and it's certainly possible to do that in New Zealand. Well, it is now. And I mean, all these ski, you know, people out there that just love their skiing holidays every year and go to all sorts of different places, of course, like Europe, Japan, you know, Canada, America, can't do any of that. And of course, we all know that our ski fields, because of how far, you know, south we are, we don't, or in our particular position, we're not our ski fields aren't quite as great, can I put it that way? Not we, as reliable, are they? No. Dep- they can be great some years, but we don't get also that lovely powder. Uh, we miss out on that style of snow. But anyway, at least you can go to New Zealand. I just thought I'd mention that you've got a few different choices over there. The other thing, Jane, I thought I'd mention, I spoke to a family once and said, look, I've never been really mad on skiing. You know, I've always chased the sun. And uh, they've said, yeah, but it's the best holiday for families because you're doing everything together. And even if they're real little kids, you put them in the, in the little ski school. So they said it's a wonderful family holiday and you keep doing it as your kids grow older. So even if it's aunts and uncles out there, grandmas, granddads, this would be a lovely holiday you can do and share with the family. One of the things that's really lovely about snow generally is mm. that you don't have to ski to enjoy it. No, exactly right. I mean, you could just get out and have a bit of fun. Indeed you can. Absolutely. Build a snowman. Battle snowman, have a little uh, sleigh ride, toboggan ride, whatever. Yep. There you go. But look, most of these ski resorts, of course, are in the South Island of New Zealand, being that much further south. Of course, that stands to reason. So you've got Queenstown, of course, and Queenstown's not just about skiing. I mean, it's one of your most beautiful towns or cities, if you want to call it, in New Zealand. You know, everything from skiing, everything adventure-based you can imagine for every type of thrill-seeker is all down there. But it's a beautiful setting as well. And you've got Coronet Peak and the Remarkables there as well that you can do. Also in that area, you've got uh, Wanaka, which is where you've got uh, Cardrona and Treblecone, the two ski fields there. And it's, of course, a smaller, more relaxed town than, than Queenstown, but quite beautiful, again, in its own way, on, on the lovely Lake Wanaka. Then you've got Methven, and it's at the base of Mount Hutt, and it's the closest to Christchurch. It's only about an hour and a half from Christchurch. And again, it's more quaint country town sort of vibe, again, a bit smaller again, but it's quite an affordable destination to go to Mount Hutt. And then if you wanted to do the North Island, of course, you've got Mount Ruapehu or Ski Wakapapa and Turoa. So, and all of these people at the moment have got wonderful things. They say you can now book with peace of mind, free flexible date changes. You can move your dates. You can roll over to the next season. You've got flexibilities. Everyone's being wonderful with this at the moment. So, you know, at least you know that if something happens, it's transferable. So just keep that in mind. So, yeah, look, think of skiing in New Zealand if you haven't done it already. It's just a hop across the ditch. It is just a hop across the ditch. And, uh, but there are plenty of good places in our country too. Well, what I thought, Jane, I'm going to try and pick a couple of different ones each week and people may or may not have been to them. And one which I think is quite lovely is Stanley, which is quite a romantic little town which is sitting on the uh, top of Tasmania there. And it's got that famous what they call plug, which is called the nut, that rises about 150 metres out of the water. And it was once so a volcano. A, a volcanic plug? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's actually a volcanic plug. 
Prague. And it's called the Nut. And there's all different stories as to why it was called the Nut. Some say it was part of an Aboriginal word and they've just taken that bit out of it. But, yeah, it's an unusual, but it's very, very different. It's, it's quaint. It's where that lovely film well, – was a sad film, actually um, – Gosh, what was it called, Jane? Uh, the Light Between Oceans was filmed there in 2014. And if you've ever seen the movie, it really highlights Stanley very nicely. And it's got some very old buildings. You know, it's quite historic. Um, it's about, what, Devonport would be your closest city, um, which would be about an hour and a half. Launceston's probably about three hours. And Hobart, which is way down the other end, of course, is about five hours. Um, probably... It'd be nice if you were going on the ferry to have a car, take your either own car or hire a car. But taking your car, I think, is a good way way to go these days. If you want to go on the ferry, um, obviously you can do tours if you're not a person who is able to drive. Or a client of mine, he doesn't like organised tours. He he's still very much an independent traveller. He just uses local buses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you can bust it around and still do things on your own if you like taking your time and having – he loves immersing himself in each town he goes to. So just think about that. It's rich in history, of course. You've got fantastic views. If you can't make it to hike up the top, which is pretty strenuous, there is a chairlift. Oh, excellent. So you can do that. There's some lovely accommodation there. There's a genealogy museum. It's it's a quaint town. And then, of course, you can move on and head down into the Tarkine, which is that famous – wilderness area of Tasmania as well. So if you haven't been to Stanley or spent any time there, it's well worth spending a couple of days there. It's a very interesting little town. And we are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and there's plenty of gems in Australia to discover. We're going to another town which is a gem. Quite the antithesis of Stanley, we're going to Maryborough. And it's known as the Heritage City, though they say it's not as grand as Queensland's two premier heritage cities, which are Rockhampton and Charters Towers. Oh, we might get to them some other we time. We might, <laughs> but it actually predates them both by decades. So there you go. But it has a large number of beautiful historic buildings and the original settlement site, though, now is nothing more than a series of plaques. So all the old, really original buildings are gone, but they've had another swathe, obviously, of the next lot of buildings, which is still quite old. And so, of course, it. Today, as you drive through it or everything, it's surrounding like the around it is sugar grazing and timber industries mainly. And the river was named by the governor, which was Sir Charles Augustus Fitzroy, who was governor of the colony of New South Wales from 1846 to 1855 after his wife, Lady Mary Fitzroy. So that's where the Mary came from. Um, you can do, as I said, some lovely walks around, walking tours around the town. And some of the buildings of particular interest is, is the City Hall, um, which apparently is a quite an impressive building and it was in a built in a distinctive the American colonial style in 1908 um, and you've got the St Paul's Anglican Church and Tower which was also built in the 1800s the Royal Hotel and it's been standing there for over 150 years mm-hmm. so it's quite an old hotel and apparently quite striking architecture again then where our little link to fame in Australia, of course, is Mary Poppins. Yes. So Mary, her father was actually a bank manager and the building is still there and it was the Union Bank occupied the building from 1906, but the original building was built in 1882. And her father was called Travis Goff. So that's where the Travis comes from because she is P.L. Travis, but she was born Helen Linden Goff. So the only part of her real name she was using was in the L, the initial for Linden. 
And yes. the other bit was Pamela, so maybe she didn't like Helen. I don't know. It's usually yeah. the other way around, isn't it? Most <laughs> yes. Pamelas don't seem to like Pamela. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, and there's a statue there, of course, celebrating um, her, her fame, her famous nanny, or she being about writing about the famous nanny. And the famous nanny was probably called Mary, Mary Poppins, Pins, because of the Mary River, probably, or Mary Borough. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. I hadn't even thought about that, Jane. But the statue to her was only erected more recently in uh, 2005. Um, there's also a Customs House Hotel, which was built in 1868. There's a military and colonial museum there, which has got 10,000 items of military and colonial memorabilia, which is really quite fantastic. And and a lot of really unique items that you wouldn't see anywhere else. It's got a heritage centre as well, which is formerly the Bank of New South Wales, and that was constructed in 1877. So as we can see, it's got a lot to see there. The courthouse, another old building, the bond store, all these houses were built in the 1800s, um, as I mentioned, the customs house. Now, what they also do there, one of the city's two novelties, they fire a time gun twice every Thursday. Only on Thursdays. Apparently, and it was so loud. I know, it was so loud. Originally, they were saying it was estimated it could be heard 30 kilometres away. So it was given to the city from the Premier of Queensland... John Douglas, and it was found on the Torres Strait island of Mobiag and was most likely used by the vessels of the Dutch East India Company during the 17th century. So it was presented as a response to the criticism the town had no clock. So the gun was fired on the 21st of March 1878 and ceased in 1879 because of the cost of the powder. (laughs) (laughs) But today it's fired every Thursday at 11am and 1pm at the Customs House Residence Lawn at the Maryborough City Hall. So there you go. And you haven't talked about the lungfish. Oh, the lungfish. Now, Jane, she brought this up with me today, and I said, well, I haven't heard of the lungfish. But it is unique to Australia. It was in other parts of the world originally, but it's now extinct. We are the only country in the world that has this fish, and most of them are in the Mary River. And it's one of the only fish that has... Uh, lungs as well as gills and they mainly use their lungs apparently when the uh, water becomes muddy or low in oxygen but it can survive out of water in dry without water sorry in drying riverbeds so long as there's some sort of moistness or aquatic weeds there and they can live to their 60 to 100 years old oh they're astounding what an amazing creature so it's almost across they're saying how they, they found it difficult to explain it between it's like an in between an amphibian and a fish. It's, yes. It's like a, a, okay, so it yeah. might have, yeah, it might be the missing link. The missing link. So <laughs> there you go. There's something unique as well about Maryborough, the lungfish. We are talking travel on to a new RFM. And Sally Lucas, we do have places we can go and we do have some, uh, some deals. Well, with we were talking about skiing in New Zealand today, Jane. There are some packages available there. Some of them finish at the end of April, some at the end of May. So you just need to check that. They do vary when their program's finished. But they've all got like early bird lift pass sales where you're getting some bonuses of the lift passes and accommodation, etc. So just keep that in mind if you are thinking of skiing. Also, another company, Adventure Destinations, um, they have – they 
organise mainly around the world normally. Of course, it's limited now, but they always organise independent itineraries for people. So they'll put anything together whatever way you want to do it. So it's it's a if you like that style of travel, again, like we were talking about earlier, you just want to catch your own tra- – you don't want to be on an organised tour per se. So they've got 17 ready-to-go itineraries, um, you know, featuring all sorts of, you know, quality hotels and resorts. They're all flexible, so they can be done in reverse. They can be modified them with car rental, without car rental. So just keep that in mind. They've got a whole stack of lovely uh, programs available 17 different itineraries for you to choose from but again they can be amended um, we did some time ago I think before COVID Jane talk about um, a cruise that you can do the Southern Odyssey which is the New Zealand and sub-Antarctic islands so they're hoping to do that again um, in 2022 15 Jan and 2nd of Feb out of Auckland down in that wonderful area which is so remote creatures and flora and fauna that you won't see anywhere else in the world um, and that yes 15 Jan just keep that in mind if you're interested in doing that so it's a 20 day trip uh, they only take 102 guests on the Orion um, and yeah so just keep that in mind if you're interested in doing that also while we're in New Zealand we were saying how some people do want to do coach tours Jane so um, if you book by the 31st of May APT have got some wonderful savings to be had on a range of itineraries again um, where you have savings of up to $1,400 per couple and there's also solo traveller savings as well on a range of their New Zealand tours so keep that in mind um, now we haven't gone cruising yet but we're looking ahead as I said we've only got the local cruise companies here but just to let you know if we do start cruising again what they're hoping to have for next year when cruising starts again they've uh, the Norwegian Caribbean line has got what they call five free at sea offers which are free beverage package specialty dining shore excursion credit free wi-fi package reduced rates for kids etc etc and you can also book what they call their peace of mind policy again so you're not going to lose any money and that offer ends the 30th of april as well and also don't forget antarctica in a day for those who haven't gone down to the antarctic or the only way you may be able to do it is just on a round trip out of sydney uh, that's available again like it was a end of last year into early this year so you've got a trip for new year's eve on the 31st of december and another one on the 13th of February and you have people on board who explain all about the wonderful southern lights and everything that you're going to see as well as you go down there so that's something to keep in mind and also once cruising starts again there's an absolutely fantastic circumnavigation of Australia uh, itinerary 35 days not till the 12th of December 2022 it's about ten and a half thousand dollars but Mark it's a remarkable itinerary it's actually including Thursday Island and lots of interesting ports of call all around and lastly but not leastly how about doing a nice little river cruise along the Murray from Echuca you can do anything from two to six nights on the wonderful little steamer paddle steamer the Emmy Lou and it's quite a cute little thing it only takes 16 guests uh, it's all inclusive all onshore tours riverside grand dining they have campfires ashore wine and beer with dinners and then you can get optional Melbourne pre-stays and transfers so that's a lovely thing to do as well if you're traveling within Australia and those prices do vary from under a thousand dollars depending on the length of the cruise up to just over three thousand dollars but a yeah, whole range of lovely little cruises you can do on the Emmy Lou. Plenty to choose from. Thank you, Sally Lou. Thanks, Jane. And we will talk travel again next Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. 
You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.